Hi, everyone. This is Dan, audio engineer of the Art of Costume blogcast. We wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and all of the support, reviews, and messages you've given us so far. I'd like to also let you know, if you're interested in supporting the show, you can now head over to patreon.com slash theartofcostume. Your support there would be greatly appreciated and would help us continue to run the podcast, create quality content for you, and bring light to the world of costume design. For our patrons, we'll be posting highlights, funny moments, and even unheard bloopers. We'll also be posting additional episodes just for Patreon. So once again, make sure to check out patreon.com slash theartofcostume for full details. You can also support us by heading to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy an awesome blogcast shirt, print, coffee mug, and a whole host of other possibilities from TeePublic. Thank you for all you do, and enjoy the show. No more Ned, no more Chuck, no more Olive. Excuse me? Yeah, it's pretty sad. Oh my gosh, did you freeze again? What? Hello? Daniel. No, not again. frozen again. No. (laughs) (laughs) Hello? Is it me you're looking for? Can you see me? I can see, I can hear you again. Welcome to the Art of Costume Blogcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm Spencer Williams. Elizabeth, what's good? Oh, you know, it's chilly (laughs) and it's going to snow, but we're good. Oh, it's so cold. It's like 70 degrees out today in LA. There's birds chirping. There's children playing in the streets. So can't relate. I miss it. I miss it so much. (laughs) Come back. We got to open the Art of Costume Blogcast Studio. I know. LA, be less expensive and I'll be back. (laughs) I'll have a word. (laughs) Have a word with the city of Los Angeles, Spencer. Tell it to be less expensive. Otherwise, how are you? How's episode three of the podcast? Are you feeling it come back into your soul, your body? I am. I'm excited. I'm here for it. Like playing Stardew Valley a little less because we're a little bit more busy. You a know? little less. Staying up a little <laughs> later, making slides. <laughs> you know, the huge. Uh, yeah, we're, you know, this is our third episode, but we've been preparing for season two for a long time now. And we've just been doing lots of work, lots of notes, website updates. Oh, yeah. A Patreon, a merch store. Yes. Hello. Everyone, if you have not heard, because I don't think we've personally talked about it. <laughs> no. But we now have a Patreon and a merch store. So if you would be so kind as to support us, if you can't, understandable listening and sharing uh, you know, our podcast with people is support enough. But if you are able to support us, we would really appreciate that. And we have some really fun extra content for um, our Patreon members. We would deeply appreciate it. Uh, I can't even express how thankful we are for all of you. But, you know, at the same time, maybe you need like an Art of Costume Blogcast t-shirt. T-shirt? T- What's a t-shirt? T-shirt. T-shirt. Wow. We've already butchered this. <laughs> t-shirt. T-shirt. <laughs> 
<laughs> or the Art of Costume Blogcast mug. We even have baby onesies. So if you have babies, I think they look really good in the Art of Costume Blogcast <laughs> baby onesie. All the babies I know, I think, are too big for onesies now. Uh, I don't have any children of my own, but I do have two kids in Stardew Valley and probably about 200 in The Sims 4. So Same. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I was playing The Sims the other day and I was like, I have too many Sims and I destroyed multiple worlds I had created. <laughs> and I was just like, hmm, sorry guys. My game is just so heavily modded, it barely functions as a game anymore. Same. Um, but yeah, I've been playing with the same Sim for like five years now. He has not died because I keep extending his life. And also many of his wives. My Sim has, I think, seven wives. Um, Dang. With <laughs> like 50 children each. It's kind of like a Dracula scenario. Um, Your Sim is wild. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, don't have, like, the concentration to keep one alive that long. I'm, like, trying to get, like, generations through. I'm, like, how fast can you die? (laughs) Spencer, what did we watch this week? Oh, my. I am so excited. We are starting our fairy tale romance month. So we're going to be coming to you with a lot of different episodes. I have to do a fairy tales romance. Not really my vibe, but still going to be, like, really fun. (laughs) <laughs> so much fun my vibe yeah, my vibe def- this is elizabeth's <laughs> vibe for sure <laughs> um and we are starting with a classic tv show that elizabeth had to convince me to watch pushing daisies guys we watched pushing daisies seasons one and two the complete series spencer i haven't asked you about it but what do you think <laughs> So we were talking about this show for a long time. Elizabeth wanted to do it. I never even heard of it before, which is now looking back on it feels crazy. Crazy. So I started watching it over the holiday break um, when I went to go see my mom for Christmas. And at first I didn't like it. You know, I actually typed out a text to Elizabeth saying, I don't really want to do this show. I actually typed it out and then I kept deleting it and being like, yeah. I'll just give it another chance. One more episode. One more episode. Y- yeah. You kept sending me texts like, I don't know. I'm not sure about this. <laughs> <laughs> but then like suddenly like one episode, it just flipped and I can't tell you what episode it was, but just suddenly I realized it was like, oh, I actually am invested in this and I do care what's happening to these characters. And just the whole thing changed. It was like maybe halfway through season one, Mm -hmm. which it's only nine episodes. So probably around like episode five or six is when suddenly I was like, oh, okay, I actually like this. By the end of it, I was absolutely in love with it and I was pissed. I was like, I can't believe it ended like so short cut off like that without another season. I know it was heartbreaking because I forget... I think I watched the first season as it was airing, and then I had a, a big break in between seasons one and two. We'll talk about a little bit later. And then it came back, and I was so excited. Like, I was middle school, Elizabeth was just like so into this TV show. And then it was just canceled, and I was heartbroken. And I was like, what? No, no more Ned, no more Chuck, no more Olive? Excuse me? Yeah, it's pretty sad. But. I feel like the last episode... Oh my gosh, did you freeze again? What? Hello? Daniel? No, not Spencer's again. frozen again. No. 
Hello? Is it me you're looking for? I, can you I see can, me? I can see. I can hear you again. <laughs> All right. Back to what we were saying. I know. I don't know what we were saying. Uh, uh, middle school, Elizabeth was devastated by the canceling of this show. <laughs> I feel like middle school Spencer would have been devastated had he been watching this. But we have a lot of costumes to get into this week. So I think we need to jump into these behind the wardrobe facts and a summary. Absolutely. Start us off with a summary. All right. <clears throat> I've been preparing for this one. By the way, I'm just going to say before I get into the summary, we have already royally screwed up by not having pie for this episode. I know. I know. I was kind of disappointed in myself when I realized that. Yeah. We should have sent pie to each other. Yeah. What well, We are really bad at this. Okay. <laughs> summary. Ned is a pie maker with the ability to bring dead things back to life with his touch. After Chuck, Ned's childhood crush, passes away, Ned is faced with living one more minute with Chuck or bringing her back to life at the expense of another. This forensic fairy tale follows Ned, Chuck, Emerson Codd, and the lovely Olive Snoke. Are you ready, Elizabeth? We have... A Kristen Chenoweth costume alert. Let's do it. Yes! <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth is back, everybody. Let's get it. Let's get it. Um, <laughs> they team up to solve murder cases while keeping Chuck's resurrection a secret. And that is Pushing Daisies seasons one and two. It's Pushing Daisies. It's on HBO Max. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Yeah. Don't stay here if you haven't seen it. Go see it. Go watch it. Go love it. Come back. And stay strong. The first few episodes might feel a little slow, but I promise you, you'll get there. You will get there and you will love it. So let's just go behind the wardrobe and see how this amazing, fun, quirky wardrobe was brought to us. Um, so it was brought to us by series creator Brian Fuller, executive producer Barry Sonenfeld, who you'll know he directed Men in Black and The Addams Family and like a million two other things you've heard of. <laughs> but most importantly, it was brought to us by costume designer Robert Blackman. Uh, you will know his work from like a thousand Star Trek TV shows. He worked on it for 16 years. So he worked on Star Trek Next, The Next Generation, Star Trek Generations, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Enterprise, which is my personal favorite, even though a lot of people hate it. Um, <laughs> Me never seeing an episode of Star Trek, just sitting here nodding my head. <laughs> yeah. He... Designed 15 episodes of Resilient Isles, all nine episodes of GCB. Also, another like very little um, TV show from the 2000s that I think we should watch. Uh, 19 episodes of Legion, another one we need to watch because that show is incredible and I need to catch up. And uh, he designed four episodes of American Gods. Wow. So he is like, he's a busy man in the costume world. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he brought us this really incredible, interesting wardrobe for a show that had a life that was far too short. Just to kind of talk about the essence of Pushing Daisies, Brian Fuller, he had an interview with Esquire about it. He said they were kind of the first fairy tale show. 
Which is true. It's like before Pushing Daisies, it's a lot of like procedurals and dramas. And then I feel like shortly after Pushing Daisies, you get um, Once Upon a Time. Uh, when did Desperate Housewives start? Uh, around this time. I don't Around know. this time. Yeah. <laughs> you get to see more like quirky, colorful, fun shows. And he also talked about kind of like the essence of what the show is about. And I'm like, man, they need to bring this back because Brian Fuller says it was deceptively complicated in that it was exploring a relationship that you can't touch. And what does that say about where we are in society as people who make connections online without touching? Oh, and I was like, oh, oh, that like. That one hurt. That, that one, that one hurts because I'm like, it's so true. Like, and I feel like people can feel that a lot more now than back in like 2008, 2009. Like, right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was painful. I know. I was like, ooh, this is too real for me right now. So spicy, Mr. Fuller. I know. He like really had a vision for what he created. And after the pilot, it was originally given a 22-episode run by ABC. It was supposed to have, like, a full network TV series run for the first season. However, they only had nine episodes completed before the 2008 writer strike. Right. This is all coming back to me. Yep. So it was... They were able to get the first nine episodes out, um... You know, Brian Fuller and Barry Sonnenfield actually, like, made some, like, real last-minute edits to the last couple episodes so that, because they were like, we're not getting any more out. We got to finish this before the strike. Like, let's make it, like, a cliffhanger, but, like, kind of a resolution at the end. Um, so it was two years between seasons one and two. Oh, wow. Which meant it struggled to keep its audience and was canceled with 6 million viewers still, though. Wow. In the article with Esquire, he was saying, like, you know, nowadays, that would keep us on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> he was like, we really just, they were a show that was just like, it was too soon. They were ahead of their time. Because they were loved by critics. Season one had 11 nominations, including Lee P Pace, Christian Chenoweth, and Mary Vogt, who designed the pilot. And they won two Emmys as well. So it's like there was no lack of support for them. It was just the wrong place, wrong time for this TV series. Right. It did feel like very ahead of its time. Like the colors, the sets, the costumes, everything. It was giving me like real um, like series of a fortune events vibes on Netflix with the costumes by Cynthia Summers. Like it felt very much like in that same world. I think Barry Sonnenfield is involved in that as well. Oh my gosh, really? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it was just like ahead of its time. And I'm like nowadays, cause I'm like this almost like, I feel like obviously it looks different, but the same vibes as kind of like Shit's Creek. Like those that just kind of like it's eccentric, but it's fun and it's colorful and it's a world you just want to dive into. Right. This show would totally do well on Netflix today. Like it would kill it. Oh, yeah. 
And Robert Blackman, he really only did like one interview with the New York Times. And it was very just like small little piece. Um, But he said he got the style Bible from Barry Sonnenfield. And he kind of just had like two directives. First off, uh, he told New York Times that Barry will tell you this. He doesn't like blue. So blue was out of the question. And they also told Robert, we want strong colors, very few pastels, if any. And it's like, this is just bright colors, like, everywhere. Yeah, the show's as vibrant as vibrant comes. Yeah. And it's like, that's part of the charm of it. It's like, there's color everywhere. Everything's light and fluffy. Except for our lead Ned, played by the adorable Lee Pace. King Thranduil. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, He's very different from his co-stars. Robert Blackman said, that way you never lose sight of him, no matter how bright the other clothes are. So he was intentionally put into like blacks, grays, neutral colors, so that, you know, he's our main character. He's not going to fade into the background. I love that. I mean, he wears a lot of black, almost like he's the Grim Reaper. You know, he controls sometimes the life and death of some people. So, ooh. That's very true. Wow. Also, another very unique aspect of this show is you can't really place it in any particular time. I will say it's very, like, of the 2000s. But Robert Blackman said... The decades I dipped into were the 40s, 50s, 60s, early 70s, skipped the 80s, and then come back to the 90s until present day. Right. (laughs) That checks. (laughs) It totally checks because it's like, occur to occur, it's like just this little whimsical town where anything goes except the 80s, apparently. And like everyone's just themselves and it's beautiful and fun. And another great thing about this show is they did like amazing promotional pictures for it that like are beautiful. It's all just so beautiful. So cute. We had a good time putting together the slides, uh, our notes for this episode. I mean, Elizabeth did (laughs) basically 99% of the work, but it was fun looking at everything we put together. It's so beautiful, so vibrant, so fun. And I can't wait to jump into this with you. Uh, I'm so ready. Uh, just one fact check. Just uh, I looked it up. Barry Sunfield did do a series of fortune events for Netflix. So, Wow. It's, I see a thread here. I'm so excited to talk about the show. Let's do it, Elizabeth. Let's take a break and then let's do it. Let's do it. We'll be right back. back are you ready to dive into some pushing daisies i've been wanting to talk about this forever i am i am and we're gonna start with season one episode one the pie let every time we talk about pie take a shot <laughs> oh gosh if only so unlike the rest of the series the pilot was designed by mary e vote who you'll know from batman returns Hocus Pocus, hello, Men in Black, and Crazy Rich Asians. And she did a beautiful job for this first episode. 
We start off with young Chuck and Ned in these great dinosaur costumes. <laughs> so cute. I love like the childhood vibe she was able to bring forward with the costume. They felt very like retro vintage, but then mm-hmm. you're not really sure what the time period is yet. That That's one of the fun things I love about this show. It, it's always hard to tell what the time period is and what's inspired by it, but it just feels right every time. It really does. It's, it's one of those shows where it's like they never say what, you know, time in history it is. You kind of know it's the 2000s just because that was when it was created and released. But they're not like trying to capture any specific time period, which I really love. And you can kind of tell that with Ned's mom, who looks like a like 1950s housewife. Right. It's like very on the dot. I feel like the pilot was a little bit more pulled from the book. Mm -hmm. Um, I also love how the costumes interacted with the sets. For example, when when Ned's mom dies, (laughs) (laughs) she basically blends in with the tile. And I'm like, wow, great. I love it. Yeah, it's it's so funny. It's so brilliant. And you also get the first look at Chuck's aunts <sighs> lily and vivian oh and they are Elizabeth. always dressed to the nines and it's amazing one of my favorite movies and musicals of all time is little shop of horrors because of the wonderful the brilliant i'm obsessed with her legendary iconic ellen green she plays vivian charles and i love this woman so much i have such like a crazy crush on her it's so real i just love her so bad she is so good in this show so is lily charles played by swoozy kurtz i know vivian i just oh she i have a soft spot for ellen green And I love when you see them at the funeral because you're not expecting that. And you recognize both of them immediately because they've been in the industry forever. And it's just like, oh, wait, hold on. Star power here. We have some star power. As soon as she says her first line, I don't know if it's this episode or the next, but when she talks and she has that cute little like squeaky voice, I was like, (gasps) Ellen Green, (laughs) she's here. Oh, I got so excited. Uh, So excited. And we're going to start off with the ants because they have some killer looks in this first episode they do so many great looks there could be a museum just of the aunts looks through this film i mean show truly like i love uh aunt vivian's her like red silk like jumpsuit with the cardigan and the matching eye patch (laughs) (laughs) wait no that's aunt lily Oh, shoot. I got the names mixed up. Aunt <laughs> Lily with the red silk jumpsuit, the cardigan, the matching eye patch. Beautiful. I love the eye patch. She's bringing the eye patch back. I'm starting to wonder, though, if she even lost an eye. I feel like the eye patch, it's like her fashion accessory. I don't know. Maybe it's just too sensitive to light now. Who knows? <laughs> right. Um, I love aunt vivian's looks too i just love like she wears like this little white little jacket and these like snake print pants it's like sometimes she's very cool sometimes she likes to play with um kind of like culturally inspired costumes she just loves to like play dress up you could tell the both of them do yeah that's that's what i like about them because they're very much shut-ins but they're (laughs) like we're gonna look good whether we're shut in or not (laughs) yeah we're gonna look good at home i'm like wow (laughs) that's 
literally my sentiment. Like a lot of work for at home, but I love it. <laughs> and I just, I love Aunt Lily's just the matching eye patch with every single outfit. So good. Why? And I love it. So, and it also usually matches like the hair piece she usually wears too. Yeah. She matches head to toe. It's so good. It's so good. Also good. Oh, we got Krista Chen with everyone. <laughs> I I love her look in this first episode, even though they drastically change it for the rest of the series. It's so cute. It's so her. I love it. I feel like in the first episode of Kristen Chenoweth's character, Olive, they definitely like they tried something out and they definitely like readjusted throughout the series because they made her like so seductive in the first like episode, maybe episode or two. Yeah. But then after a while, they were like, actually, she doesn't fit in this world as that. She needs to like become this more campy, fun Kristen Chenoweth like character. I agree. Because, like, she's, like, going after Ned hard <laughs> in this first episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, ooh, a little uncomfy. But just from, like, her bright halters and just, like, all the pat, Like, I love the pat, like the cherry pattern she's always wearing. Because it's, like, I work in a pie store. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh I, I just love Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, she she brings like every character to life the way nobody else can. When I started the show and I saw her in the first episode, I was like, oh, yeah. Like that's I think that's one of the reasons why I kept trying to get into this show. I was like, I got to do it for my girl, Kristen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> She's a big draw. She's a big draw. <laughs> also, we have our our main lady, Charlotte Chuck Charles. Uh, played by Anna Frell. So much fun. Uh, she's such a great leading lady. I'm not really familiar with this actress. I had never seen her before, but she's like really great. Very beautiful. I Yeah, she was great. I loved her. Yeah, uh, she's a, a English actress. And I think she's just mostly in, you know, BBC and other English productions. So we don't really get to see her here. Yeah. But she's adorable. I, I love when her and Olive first meet. Olive is Christian Chenoweth's character. I don't think we actually said her name before. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very hard for me. <laughs> I love it because she clearly, she looks like someone who's like sneaking out from like a one night stand or something. <laughs> and they just look each other up and down, down and I was like, does he touch you? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It's just like one of the funniest lines. Um, But Chuck, poor Chuck, died in this episode. Right. Oh, my gosh. But it's just this whole storyline of like not being able to touch the person you love stresses me out because I'm clumsy. I run into everything. Right. I walk into the side of my door on a daily basis so there is absolutely no way <laughs> that if Chuck lived in my house, she would live more than a weekend because I would walk into her and kill her. 
like without a doubt. I, oh, that's from when I tripped over the chair, landed my head on the wall, got up, knocked over the lamp and the coffee table, spilled coffee on myself, and then tripped on the one of my flip flops. Yeah, yeah. No, I have actively been like, okay, like to clean or something, like getting under like a counter or something, and actively been like, okay, Elizabeth, you gotta watch your head when you get back up. And I'm just like, I'm shocked I haven't had a concussion yet. Maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, that would explain a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but Chuck just starts a string of adorable dresses in this episode, starting with the dress she has been laid to rest in. Oh, my gosh. Right. I was literally just thinking that, like, she looks so beautiful and glowing when she when her casket opens up. I know, because it is this beautiful, like, 1960s gold crocheted dress. Which the shape of the crochet kind of looks like daisies to me. It does. And it's like it has this rich gold like crochet over and then like a very bright yellow gold under dress under that. And it's just like, oh, he like she's his sunshine, his little his little daisy. You know, I hate romance and I hate rom-coms but something about this show like really warmed my heart i don't know because i guess because chuck and ned weren't like dramatic you know like yeah there was never like any big like dramatic breakup scenes there's never any cheating there's like nothing ever well except for a time olive and ned kissed but that was you know but that was all that was olive <laughs> but like it was there was like no drama it was just like true pure love and that's why i think i loved it so much because i was like they just love each other and there's no like random drama that we didn't need no and it's like they have their issues but like they talk it out yeah oh my gosh (laughs) communication imagine that i don't i know I'm like, I'm not used to this in, like, a TV setting. Like, what's happening here? A healthy-ish relationship? Wow. Communication. (laughs) I love it. It's great. And, you know, I love how, like, even in her death scene, how beautifully arranged the colors are. Right. The the bag they use to murder her is like a hot pink. She has like pink in her like dress gown. It's just it all works. She's like the the embroidery on her nightgown is the same color as the bag. <laughs> she was getting murdered and thrown off a, a boat and I was like, Wow, she looks great. She did look great. She did. <laughs> oh, but this brings us to episode two, dummy. Which is just, like, this plot line is, like, crazy. Like, every episode. Yeah. I'll I'll admit, a lot of the episodes, I didn't really understand what was going on. Especially in the first season, because I wasn't really too in love with it yet. But I just love all of Chuck's disguises. Like, I love how she's like, let me put on some glasses and a head wrap, and no one will know that I actually died a couple weeks ago. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's probably the coroner that, like, prepared your body. Right. Because apparently there's only one coroner in this city. (laughs) There's only one coroner and absolutely zero law enforcement. There's no law enforcement in this town. If you get murdered, the guy who runs the pie shop across the street is going to show up with Kristen Jenna with a dead girl. (laughs) There's This town is absolutely insane. (laughs) It's insane. And we get to learn a lot more about 
uh, young Ned at the what is the Longfield School for Boys, <laughs> and I love like his uniform because they even kept as a child him with the very like dark colors. Right. Oh, I love that. Wow, I relate to Ned a lot. I am Ned. Abandoned by your parents? Well, at ex- a boys' school. <laughs> I guess fashion-wise. <laughs> yeah. No, we all identify with Ned fashion-wise, <sighs> but we also get to see young Chuck, and young Chuck like is adorable, and like this is where they like sneak those pastels in. Is in like. Her, like, very, like, 1950s, 1960s <laughs> wear as a teenager rummaging through the cheese box. I loved that scene. Right. And I love that, like, actually, if you take a second, it's hard to decipher sometimes young Chuck from the older Chuck because she was a shut-in with her aunts, right? So, like, I feel like she didn't do that much growing up. So she still has, like, this, like, little girl tendency sometimes with her costumes and hairstyle when she's older, which love that. Love that plot line. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she didn't really get to know people her own age. So she just, like, kept the whimsy in her style. Um, We also get to know Emerson Cod a little bit better in this episode. And how I love how he knits his own sweater vests. And gun holsters. He, wait, he does? Yes. You. How did you miss that? I'm telling you, the first like four or five episodes, I was pretty checked out. I was on my phone. I was on Twitter. I was probably writing interviews. I was doing something. So I definitely missed some details. I love that detail, though. Yes. Knitting is his like hobby before the pop-up book. <laughs> and he, he knits himself sweater vests and gun holsters. And it's amazing. Wow, that's great. I, Emerson Cotta is a great character. I can't think of anyone else who plays this character better. Uh, who yeah. would play this better? No. Chai McBride. Perfect. Great. Perfect. Great, great actor. Um, have you ever seen the movie Roll Bounce? No. No, he plays... <laughs> bow wow's dad in that movie it's one of my favorite favorite movies of all time i think i have to watch that now yeah it's a roller skating movie if you're ever in the mood anyways i could get into that anyway (laughs) we also get to see olive's uh updated pie uniform in this episode oh my gosh look at the change from episode one to episode two you know barry sonnenfield Everyone on the show got together. They looked at Kristen Chenoweth and they said, no, we're changing this. And it was such a great change. This Kristen Chenoweth costume alert. She's wearing this like lime green striped 1960s it's just oh my gosh almost like a little like go-go girl dress i love it so much it's good i love robert blackman was like i got one big change to make yeah (laughs) and it's brilliant and this kind of like 60s 70s vibes travels into her like everyday wardrobe when she wears i like to call this the barbie outfit where she has this like crazy 1970 pink print jumpsuit with the pink cardigan (laughs) so good i was like yes that was my vibe in the early 2000s (laughs) everything changes about her you know it's actually funny i was thinking if you think of the office uh mindy kaling's character is like so different in the first few episodes like she's like this girl who sits in the back she wears like really plain clothing and then one day like 
in the episode, like her character totally changes. She has a whole new wardrobe. Her hair is different. It's the same thing here with Kristen Chenow's character. Like they obviously looked at it and they adjusted the story. They're like, she needs to be someone different than just like the promiscuous neighbor. Exactly. Uh, We also have one thing this show really is good at is your like featured characters in each episode. So we have the dandelion car sales girl. (laughs) (laughs) Bring the camp, bring in the camp with the dandelion costume. This is insane. It's literally crazy. And I'm obsessed with it. It's, it's ahead of its time. It's fashion. It's, (laughs) it's peak costuming. Like I just love everything about it. It's vintage, but it's not vintage. It's modern. Yeah. I just, it's just like the white go-go boots with like, the like the euphoria 19th... makeup hello yes <laughs> the eyelashes the headdress that is just a giant dandelion it's just everything i love it it's everything and then we have the murderer of the episode who is like the the executive of this car company oh my gosh how is this not like an iconic horror movie villain <laughs> well i mean if you take a step back he, he just lures people into his car testing site and smashes them into a wall I know. that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about the horrifying test dummy outfit that he puts on that is like some dexter level shit right there that mask is horrifying <laughs> like that is scary yeah i feel you moving on to oh just so you all know we're gonna be skipping over some episodes just for time's sake right we can't be here forever but we could we literally could but we could but we can't (laughs) so episode five called girth girth (laughs) where we find out that (laughs) Ned's trash dad abandoned him for like a whole other family. Oh my gosh, right? Oh, yeah, this is that Spencer Sim I was talking about from Sims 4. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just going around collecting families. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor Ned. Well, little does he know that one day he's going to grow up and become king of like a beautiful elven kingdom and have a beautiful son who looks just like Orlando Bloom named Legolas. Yeah. No, he's in for quite the journey. He is. But I love that like his little brothers are dressed up as devils. Cause I'm like, of course that's what like a small child would think <laughs> of like <laughs> the brothers from this whole other family. His dad had. And he's wearing like a sheet because he feels like a ghost that no one cares about. He's yeah. essentially dead to his father. The storytelling through costume in this show is just peak. It just, it's so good. It is. And I'm like, his dad had to have known that was him. Cause that's like the same print that like his bedroom walls were <laughs> at their home. Like, I'm like that, your dad is terrible. But in this episode, they are investigating the deaths of some of Olive's former um, colleagues in the horse jockey world (laughs) that are that are being murdered by what they believe is the ghost of a fellow jockey that they believe they had murdered during a race. I wish I had you sitting next to me when I watched the show so you could explain what was going on sometimes. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is a good one. This is great. This is a good one because it's Halloween, but it's like it's their Halloween episode without it being like Halloween centric. So like the main episode it brings the spooky vibes. It brings the spooky vibes, but like Olive is wearing this great, almost Diane von Furstenberg looking wrap yes, dress. Yes, yes. Like with the red, white, and like black. It's like okay, that's kind of like Halloweeny. And then Chuck just has this like neon pink 1950s housewife dress on right she's giving me like marvelous miss Maisel vibes exactly and then we also get to meet like all of her jockey friends who are just like (laughs) ridiculous and look like they're all from like the uk right (laughs) they're all like scary like murderer type any one of them could be the murderer olive though has the ability to make friends with anybody because she's kristen chenoweth yes she's friends with all of them and i love the flashbacks to their days as jockeys oh so good i i'm actually a fan of jockey costumes i don't know why i just they're so fun they're so colorful i've been to a couple horse races in my past but i definitely would not endorse it now but the one thing i always loved when i was a kid was seeing all the jockey costumes because i used to be like i'm rooting for the purple one or i'm rooting for the blue one or the black and white striped one i don't know i think it's fun they're so much fun and they definitely take them to like a different level in this show because <laughs> yes the prints are crazy the prints are just insane and i'm just like this is tacky in the best way possible <laughs> i love that they had kristen chen with pop on a long wig real quick or maybe that's her real hair actually <laughs> i think that might be her real hair I feel like Kristen Chenoweth's hair goes like back and forth all the time. Right. What is her real hairstyle at this moment? We do not know. We don't know. So in this episode, the (laughs) jockey they all believe they murdered was uh, John Joseph Jacobs, which I got just like the biggest shock rewatching this because that is actor um, Hamish Linklater who was just the priest in Midnight Mass. Oh, interesting. Did you watch that? No. Oh. (laughs) I thought it was interesting. I thought it was funny. I was like, oh. What's Midnight Mass? Is that a film? It's the TV, Netflix TV show. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I thought it was funny. (laughs) Daniel, you can cut that out. (laughs) No, it it is funny, Elizabeth. I'm sure it was a great show. It was, I thought it was funny, very versatile actor, (laughs) but I love how there are so many shut-ins in this show (laughs) and he's just like, he's acts kind of like a like little kid. He's dressed like a little kid in his like cardigan and his mother is out just like murdering people as his ghost. (laughs) I love how she presents us this like little old lady and then is riding around in like this like jockey costume that just has like strips of fabric coming off of it yeah it's she's like an evil jockey sleepy hollow type character i love it it's brilliant (laughs) even more brilliant though is episode six titled bitches or as i like to call it the many wives of joel McHale. (laughs) (laughs) so episode six we have joel McHale as a 
polygamist dog breeder. <laughs> 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 and it's he is just like so like so preppy dressed he read the script and he was like yeah that's me (laughs) he was like i got this and all of his wives it is like the most hilarious sequence when you watch them all like stepping out of the courthouse on the day of their wedding and it's just like more wives more wives more wives it's crazy (laughs) i love it though i love like How do I go about this? I love all the dresses they wear at all their different weddings. So I like how they just wear the same dress, I guess. I don't know. They stick with a color scheme. It's craziness, but I love it. It's like they each have like their very own unique like wedding dress. Right. Like it's like, okay, clearly this was like a whole wedding (laughs) each time. And then like the other wives are like bridesmaids. It's craziness. (laughs) They just keep the same like bridesmaid dress for each wedding, and it's insane. <laughs> I also love, in contrast, though, at the funeral, how they all like because I don't know. Whenever I think of like big love or like I don't know those like sister wives shows, I feel like they all kind of like look similar. But in this, it's like each one like definitely had their own vibe, their own feel. Right. I love the one that's released from jail and has a black jumpsuit on. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, I don't think that would fly in real life, but that's brilliant. Oh, sister wives. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Marry all of them, apparently. <laughs> we also have, this is just one of those their competitor in the dog breeding world who is just like head to toe a cowboy like all of a sudden just out of nowhere right he reminded me of burt reynolds a little bit yeah (laughs) that's what i love about this show it's just like do 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 what okay yeah who's that (laughs) i love it all their costumes are so great this brings us along to episode eight bittersweets and we see a great a uh, guest actress appear who we all love molly shannon love her incredible they play the competitor candy shop across the street who they really shouldn't be competitors but she is out to make them competitor <laughs> right oh my gosh like i said in this crazy town we live in no law enforcement one pie restaurant and one candy store and everyone's just competitors out to murder each other I know. I'm like, I don't understand how pie and candy, how that's like where you see the competition there. But okay. (laughs) Be careful where you shop in this town, people. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, I love she sends her brother as just some guy (laughs) over to the pie shop to be like, wow, that candy store is great. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into their like suits, their uniforms. I love this pattern. Their uniforms are insane because it's like the colors. First off, I would not think to put together like baby blue, orange and black, but apparently it works. Right. (laughs) And I love that like orange turtleneck 50s, 60s inspired piece on Molly Shannon underneath the jacket. It's it's so beautiful and it works really well. And then this becomes a trend in this show. Food themed hats. Mm-hmm. Where on top of his like baseball hat as part of his uniform is just like a 
fake box of taffies that's open. <laughs> they love a good hat in this show. <laughs> you can make anything into a hat in this show. You really can. And like, we'll talk about it more later. This is just like the tip of the iceberg in terms of like crazy hats. Right. Um, I do also love the birds moment in this episode <laughs> with the big fur coat and like the olive green dress. I was just like hilarious. Right. All of a sudden it's like Candy Storlay becomes like this murderous, like midtown Manhattan, like serial killer woman. Like what's going on that I love it. That's a nice coat. It was a nice coat. Uh, more nice coats come in episode nine of season one, the finale episode corpsicle <laughs> when the ants don't even know how to turn on the heating in their own home <laughs> <laughs> they're literally bundled up to the gods <laughs> they're wearing fur gloves scarves hats. fuzzy hats everything the eye patch still matches uh looks like a cheetah print eye patch of like a cheetah print fur something yes i mean they're wearing so many layers you can't even tell what articles of clothing they're actually wearing i know i love that i love how aunt lily just grabs the gun anytime someone knocks on their door <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> she's just like not having it and she doesn't care who you are <laughs> i mean like i said there's no law enforcement in this town so <laughs> there is no law enforcement when a wish a wish a person can just murder people with a kindness bat <laughs> like this was crazy like i love her little elf costume her tap dance and then she's just like murdering people with a bat because just to make this one kid happy (laughs) can we talk about paul rubens though we can because i know you're dying too i'm dying i i didn't know he was in this show elizabeth obviously kept that from me on purpose i forgot (laughs) (laughs) oh okay well he shows up and i love like the green he's wearing because he he lives in the sewer or like he works in the sewer. Yeah, he works, works for like rats. He works in the sewers. Yeah, I love this costume because he reminds me a lot of his character Splain from one of my favorite movies, Mystery Men. Have you ever seen it? I don't think so. It's where like they basically it sounds familiar. They basically basically create like an Avengers of like really useless superheroes. Like there's a shoveler who hits people with a shovel. <laughs> there's one guy who throws forks at people. The spleen like kills people via farting, and that's Paul Rubin's character. I I might have actually seen this. I'm not sure though. It's the it sounds familiar. It's so good. And the costumes are designed by Marilyn Vance. It's such a great film. Paul Rubens plays like a dirty character in that film. And then I saw him in this. I was like, wow, this is essentially the same person. And I love it. So good. I love Paul Rubens. He, he's a good one. Or he's a good actor. <laughs> um, and I love Chuck up on the roof because she's sad. And she's just trying to blend in. She's sad. She's wearing white, which like white is like a crazy color in this town. Like hardly anyone wears white or black. It's always like hot pink or neon green or bright yellow. So clearly something's wrong if she's wearing white. Yeah, she's just like sad and all the colors drained out of her. Oh. But that brings us to the end of season one, Spencer. Oh, so good. But those aren't even my favorite episodes. So I'm excited to get into season two where we really going to talk about the good, epi- like the good episodes and costumes of this show. 
Season two, they really went all out. So I'm excited. Let's take a break and we will be right back. Let's do it. Elizabeth, what do you do during break? What did I do during break? I got myself a little bit of lunchy lunch, and mm. my awesome brother made a French press, so I got myself some coffee. Ooh, what did we have for lunch? I'm um, hungry. We had pie. Unfortunately, not. Oh. I just had some like instant noodles. Ooh, yummy! I was playing Emo Crossing. I've been checking daily. If I could kick one of my villagers out, and today was not the day, I guess. I just. I'm sorry. Anyways, (laughs) let's jump into season two of Pushing Daisies, my favorite season. I feel like they went all out for this season. Um, So much so, they were nominated for five different Emmys and won four of them. I know. Like, they really did amazing. They got outstanding art direction. Outstanding costume design. Hello. Outstanding makeup. And Kristen Chenoweth won Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. (laughs) Kristen. It's so funny because I can actually remember her giving her acceptance speech because she was very moved. But it was she was so funny because she was like, because the voting of the nominations came out after the show was already canceled. Oh. So in her acceptance speech, she was like, as you all know, I'm also currently looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back and watch that after this. So funny. Can can like Daniel play the clip? Is that a thing we could do? Uh, we'll talk yeah. about later. Daniel, hit the clip. <laughs> um, I'm out unemployed now, so I'd like to be on Mad Men and... Um... <laughs> Like The Office and 24. <laughs> <laughs> but as I said before, this season won Outstanding Costume Design for a series in 2009 for the first episode, Buzz. Mm, like a bee. Like a bee. She didn't just glitch out, everybody. She's making a bee noise. I was making a bee noise. That's the first episode of season two. Where Robert Blackman and costume supervisor Carl Kunz won the Emmy. Wow. This was a great episode costume-wise. I mean, it's, it's of course, this is the one that won the Emmy. It was, and it did very well. What I feel like happens in a lot of the episodes, but we really, really haven't talked about it, where they have a theme and everybody's costumes revolve around that theme. And this episode, it's Betty's Bees, which I'm like, okay, Burt's Bees. <laughs> right. It's so funny. It reminds me, remember last week when we were talking to Louis Cicada about Nightmare Alley and how like he had to create like a carnival film and then he had to create like New York City. I feel like Robert Blackman had to do that every fucking week on the show. <laughs> Seriously, like this man. We're like, Robert, this week we're doing bees. He was like, okay. He's like next week we're doing pie and a week after that we're doing horses. And then we're doing nuns. He was like, oh my <laughs> <laughs> He just said okay. <laughs> 
But this is an extraordinary episode. First off, I love all the employees of Betty's Bees. Adorable. And our villain, the man who's trying to take over, he does look quite dapper. He does. I love the use of yellow in this scene. I feel like I'm starting to warm up to yellow. Ever since, like, Spencer in that yellow dress, I feel like I'm slowly warming up to yellow. You know, like... Yellow's not the color for me in my personal life. No. But I it, it looks good on screen. <laughs> yeah. It just if you and I were to wear yellow, it would hurt everyone's eyes. Yeah, we would look sickly. <laughs> <laughs> At least I look sickly when I wear yellow. <laughs> That's just a truth of my life that yeah. I can't avoid. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but yes, lots of great prints, lots of yellow, just all the colors work. They, they they take in consideration the color scheme for every single thing in this place. I mean, even like the honey behind the scary leader, whatever owner. Oh, the honeycomb window. Yeah, like the honeycomb windows, the wallpapers, the fabric patterns. It's just like it's. It's a whole production. It is so brilliant. And like Robert Blackman really pays attention to detail because like they have this wonderful print for the employees of Betty's Bees, which is it's like little it's like a flower design comprised of like within the honeycomb pattern. Like every little detail is looked at. This is a great episode for hexagons. It really is a great episode for hexagons. <laughs> But I love how it starts when Ned is like, all right, let me bring your bees back to life. <laughs> and she just wears the like cutest little like bustier and underwear set <laughs> in this episode. I was like, so cute. A cute little moment for lingerie. Um, Chuck is beautiful. <laughs> she is. And she just like shows it off in this episode, especially when she wears the red dress with the like white. It's like a white overlayer skirt with like red dots coming out. Yeah. I was like that moment with the hat was adorable. That's what I like about Chuck. She wears these like super retro adorable looks for no reason right i mean <laughs> she i love how she always shows up to the morgue and she's wearing like the most so colorful and it's almost like no one else is there uh but it's kind of like also like she's giving this dead person their like the last glowing angel-like moments too which is kind of cool right I also I love all the dead people who knew her and they're like oh are you like in the welcoming committee for heaven <laughs> 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 they all just like immediately think she's there to like welcome them to the afterlife <laughs> no not yet you're about to die though again and which by the way i i feel like i was timing out these minutes it was never a minute no. they just really wasted these minutes <laughs> they did they did <laughs> it's just like i was uh, like okay chuck can we like figure out who murdered the person before we you know hear their last wishes <laughs> Most of these people probably have a will. But Chuck's wonderful costume moments continue with this dress that she wore in a lot of the promotional pictures. It fits the bee theme without being bee themed. It's this beautiful white dress with these bright yellow flowers on it. 
Oh, so pretty. I love that dress. That's such a great silhouette on Chuck, too. It's very timeless on her. It is. And I love how it kind of, it almost has a, it's not a complete bubble skirt, but it's kind of like half a bubble skirt. So her skirt even looks like a, like a, a bees, a beehive. Oh. Like where, like, why are you doing this? But I love it. <laughs> and I also love when Ned gets the temp position at the bee company i'm just like you look so cute this is like the brightest thing i think he wears in the entire series right but he's still wearing the black pants though he's not going all the way (laughs) yeah he's still wearing the black pants it's still like a khaki blazer but then with just these little yellow accents i'm like adorable i think what it is is i love the yellow and black trim on all their costumes like that that's really nice. It's such a great detail. It just brings in the bee theme all together. It does. And I love the hair department really does a number in this one, too. With No one actually has a beehive in this episode, but all the women are sporting beehive-esque hairstyles. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, they must have had, like, a ball making this episode. <laughs> like, everyone was just doing the most in this episode. I love how when it came to the hair and created beehives, like that was too on the nose. There was someone was like, let's do give them all beehives. They're like we can't give them beehives in this episode. Like that's where the line is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, but it's like, it's brilliant because it makes it kind of believable. And then to contrast the Betty's Bee Company, we have Olive at the nunnery. Oh, so so good this Kristen chenoweth costume alert (laughs) olive snoke is running through the fields living out her sound of music fantasy just singing out into the wilderness this is when i knew i was like okay i'm like really hooked into the show this is the moment the nunnery is one of my favorite like moments in the show Like, when Aunt Lily takes her to the nunnery to, like, keep the secret that she's Chuck's mother, I'm just like, this is insane. But it's also brilliant. Oh, it's so good. Kristen Chenoweth is living, like, her Julie Andrews fantasy. And Aunt Lily, like, she... These nun costumes are badass. I love these nun costumes. I wish all nuns looked like their outfits look like this. It's just, I love like that headpiece that kind of like looks like a crown slash halo. The bright colors. Aunt Lily's still wearing her eye patch, which matches her nun costume. It's just, everything about it is just right. It's, It's so right. And I love how like he just, I feel like he took the, best parts of like different like nun orders like of like their habits and just combined them into a single look because like i you you see different parts of these in different orders and it's like you know not all nuns wear black and white i believe blue is another pretty prevalent color but as we learned blue was not an option so they go for this great like teal green which looks (laughs) beautiful on everybody it just works. It works. And I just, you know, like the environment is still very like nunnery like, but the costumes are just so pushing daisies. And that's why I love it. Yes. Another episode where they really just run with the theme of the episode is 
episode five, dim sum, lose some. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love Emerson and Ned's costumes particularly because they're giving me like this, uh, I don't know, like 70s detective film Starsky and Hutch type like costumes that's so on the nose and I just love it so much. It's so on the nose compared to these like gangsters who I feel like are very like 2000s gangster. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the two of you are clearly like not actual like bad guys. No. Like you're trying too hard. Ugh, just the costumes are so good. You know, maybe a little bit of cultural appropriation for Chuck and... <laughs> That's one thing I will say about this series is they a cultural appropriation goes a little too far sometimes. It goes a little too far. I think in t- today's day and age, people would probably have something to say about it. But back then, yeah. in the 2000s, whenever this came out, I guess it was a big deal. But the costumes, I mean, they're they're very good, though. Very beautiful costumes on all of the actresses in this episode. I love the fan in the hair. That's, like, such a great note. I, I love that because it's also very, like, Americanized. Right. Like, it feels very, like, restaurant-ish. <laughs> yeah. They were like, what will appeal to the Americans? <laughs> um, but I love it. This was another... The first episode and this episode are what they got all of their nominations for. Oh, really? Yeah. Which you can see, like, because this is another one where it was just, like, from the set design to the costume, everybody knew the assignment. It was really locked down. And for those of you still listening, we're going to be posting a lot of these pictures on our website, too, so you could kind of follow along with us. We probably should have said that a lot earlier, but... Oh, yeah. We're we're starting to, um, if you go on our website, we'll have show notes with pictures and all of the quotes I have. Um, so you guys can see, see what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> and then we have episode six. Oh, 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 it's magic. Oh, this is a good one. I love the costumes in this number. It's so good. So in this episode, we have the amazing Fred Willard as our victim for the episode. And (laughs) I love this guy. He's like literally in everything. I remember the first thing I saw him in was an episode of Stargate in like the early 2000s. And then I've just like (laughs) consistently seen him like here and there, like my entire life. And I feel like he's like one of those actors where like you don't know quite like what, how he made his name, but it's like a big deal. He's just in everything. Yeah, whenever he's in something, you can tell like, oh, he's the big ticket actor they score. (laughs) Right. Like he's just in everything. I know him. I can't tell you what I've seen him in. I just know he's in everything. You know? He's in everything. And this is the episode where Chuck meets his little brothers. Oh, yeah. And it's it's so cute because poor Ned is struggling to have a relationship with his two younger brothers who are a bit fragile. Right. I mean, Ned's really put off by the magician vibes already. It's like really triggering to him because yes. his father used to do magic. And it's just, and I'm just like, what is with your 
father that like he keeps abandoning his family straight up leaves the kids at this magic show when they're like what nine yeah i mean ned has like the real daddy issues and so does ned's brothers who they end up basically getting adopted by fred willard so (laughs) yes but we gotta talk about fred willard's costume i love it it's a so magician i love the purple i love like the purple um uh, lapel on his jacket cape thing so good it's giving me like magic castle vibes i love this costume it's great i love it it's just you know it's everything magician it's so on the nose they take everything on the nose but yet still make it feel so unique or they really do and i love everybody's fancy outfits to go see this magic show because it's clearly like magic castle situation and they are dressed to the nines specifically olive's cute little number she has going on here with the matching gloves and the dress oh i know hot pink with like little bit of embroidery and then chuck is so beautiful in this like this really like tannish gold and black dress again it reminds me of a beehive like she's got her beehive vibes on again (laughs) once again though ned and chuck sitting way too close i would definitely touch her on accident like she'd be dead right there there's no way (laughs) i know they like always whenever they kissed with the cellophane i was always like oh my gosh no (laughs) (laughs) i was like it's gonna break guys (laughs) um but i love chuck's cape that she wears with this dress it's one of those moments where you're just like why did you decide that and why did it turn out so perfectly you could get away with anything in this show and it will (laughs) 10 out of 10 almost always work i guess 10 out of 10 is always so it will always work (laughs) yeah it's great i also love his brother's 70s vibes for the show right I love their like sweatshirts and cardigans actually. They're yeah, they kind of stylish actually. This is kind of I guess where the maybe the 90s vibes kind of came in. Definitely 90s vibes, ugly sweaters almost. And it's adorable. I wish they had been in more episodes. Um they probably would have. They the probably would have continued. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Unfortunately not though. But we have episode 8 comfort food oh man oh my gosh this episode this is a good one i'm obsessed with this episode i cannot get over ned and olive's pie hole (laughs) i know they're so good it's so good and it's just like it's okay olive a headband with a little fake replica pie and then the pie hole logo (laughs) and then ned's like barbershop quartet straw hat with again a fake pie on top and then this <laughs> pie hole sign i'm like oh my gosh and then they're adorable oh, so matching good. striped like vest like spencer should we do a group costume <laughs> i would love that also i love seeing ned in color second also do you kind of ship olive and ned like a little bit i do i do So I'm just like, as wonderful as Chuck and Ned are together, that relationship just in the long term. Like I said, he's going to kill her. If it were me, I would have killed her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
like there's gonna be an accident someday like unless it like he finds that it wears off at some point like right and olive is just so sweet so beautiful so loving so caring yeah oh no the Kristen Chenoweth crush is revealing itself again it is it is <laughs> but Ned and Olive are not the only ones with amazing amazing costumes no we have the buffalo lady do you know this actress's name this actress is Beth Grant who you've probably seen her in 102 things she literally has such a big resume I recognize her from one of my favorite episodes of The Office, Dinner Party. She's Dwight Schrute's dinner guest when he brings her to Jan and Michael's very, very, very crazy dinner party. Uh, she is lovely in this episode. She is so... I She's so funny in this because she's like the nosy neighbor competitor who like you hate at first, but then you realize she's just trying to save her business and you're like, oh, okay, like I get it. And this like mother goose, little Bo Peep costume she has on. (laughs) And it's so funny. Like the little Bo Peep like bonnet with the buffalo plushie (laughs) sticking out of it. It's like, you're like, I'm dead. Because then it's like the (laughs) off the shoulder, like floral, like little house on the prairie. Yeah. And then, because you only see her from, like, the top up at first, and then you see the rest of it, and it is, like, a full, like, knee-length, like, skirt. She looks like she's ready to go to, like, a dance hall or something. And I was like, I fully expected this to be, like, a floor-length gown. (laughs) This is so much funnier. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of my favorite costumes of the show. It's just so good. I love it so much. It's so funny. And then, of course, we have, like, the Colonel Sanders character also. I know. Him and his (laughs) wife in, like, the matching, almost matching suits. But I love his wife, how it's, like, a a suit jacket dress. Right. Almost. (laughs) Like, it's so, it's funny. I bet you love the part where he was eating himself. Yes. How'd you know? <laughs> Ooh, not even mention like, it. Oh. I want some fried chicken right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> They're hilarious. And then to top it off, you have the not German, German waffle maker. <laughs> what is happening in the show? <laughs> who has like a classic like yodeler hat, but like uh, with a waffle and like feathers and like all just sorts of crap on the side of it. It's so this, good. Like it can't get better. This episode deserves an Emmy too. It it did. It really did. But it does get better with the final episodes sewed in the series episode 13 Kerplunk. Oh. <sighs> the ants get their moment. This is my favorite episode of the entire series. It like yeah, I was I, watching it, I knew that it was, you know, canceled after this point. So I was like, I didn't know how it's going to end because I hadn't looked it up. But I still love the episode so much. It's just so colorful. It's touching. It's funny. The costumes are crazy good. Yeah. Everything about it is just great. It's a great finale. It is. With all things considered. All things, it, all things considered, it definitely is a great finale. They definitely, like... You can tell they wrote the series to continue on, but they do a really good job just like wrapping everybody's stories up in this episode, which I really appreciate. As 
best they could. It was still a little touch and go, but like they did the best they could. <laughs> they did the best they could. I feel like they probably had forewarning before this was even finished that it was going to be canceled. Because at the end, you can tell they. I feel like they randomly just kind of like wrapped up everybody's stories. But this episode, beautiful and bright and everything you want for the ants. Ugh, let's get into these costumes, starting with the Aqua Dolls. Uh, Vivian and, uh, oh my gosh, Lily? Yeah. The Darling Mermaid Darlings competitors are the Aqua Dolls. And I love their costumes because they're just like so like typical synchronized swimming costumes. The red, white, and blue, the flag. It just feels like very typical old school synchronized swimming. I'm not a synchronized swimming expert, but like in this moment, I feel like I am. I know. <laughs> it's very like classic Americana, like all of the flags. They're like firework headpieces. <laughs> it's so good. Amazing. <laughs> But then we have the Darling Mermaid Darlings. Oh, my gosh. Oh, they finally got back on their feet after one of the Aqua Dolls is eaten by a shark. By a shark. I was like, what is this show? <laughs> Why did they have a real shark in his pool? But also, like, that entire, like, what was it called? Like, the Aqua Cage or whatever. I was like, I would actually go to the show. Not going to lie. Yeah. I actually totally would. Right? Like, I... I was very interested. Um, the Darling Mermaid Darlings, I love their like Spanish flamingo styled swimsuits. I was like, what is this? It's so good. It's just, I love the coordinating feathers on the shoulders. They both look so good. Um, cause you, we haven't really seen them in a swimsuit in a while. They've just been like shut-ins, you know, last time you and I talked about them, they were covered in a hundred layers cause they don't know how to turn on their heater. And then they like break out into their swimming and it just feels so alive. And I'll admit I cried a little bit during this episode. Same. <laughs> I definitely got teary, um, especially when they're in training and they have their hour of living in sync. I was like... You're so dedicated. <laughs> it's just so good. I'm just so happy for them. <laughs> and I love when everybody becomes a part of their team and they're wearing these great, like, sweatsuit sets. Yes, they're so good. <laughs> I love the colors. They're not like typical, like, tracksuits. They're very colorful and I love it. Yeah. And I love... I love the relationship between Olive and Emerson that developed. Like they became partners and that's such a great like development that they saw each other. At first he was like, uh, this girl is crazy. And after a while they saw like the talent in each other and the dedication and they respect that. And I love that. I love, I mean, we really didn't talk about Emerson Cod because in terms of costume, he he's costumed great, but like there's nothing like that stands out a lot when you look at it as a whole. <laughs> but him as a character is great because he starts out as like he's just business with everybody, but then he slowly like reluctantly becomes their friend. Right. And is very invested in their lives. And it's really <laughs> cute. As much as he could though, I'd say even by the end, like he still had some walls up, but we brought them down a little bit. But this is the end of the series. Everyone looks great. Oh, so good. I've 
you know, I was so sad to see the end. The one thing I just kept saying, I said, please let Chuck see Aunt Lily and Vivian. Please, before the end of this episode, they gave it to me in the last like four seconds. And that was enough for me. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I know that it happened and it worked out and they were happy. That's what I needed to do. That's what I need to know to move on throughout the rest of my life. And I love because it's like. (laughs) Lily has this secret hanging between her and Vivian's relationship and it's like it all comes to a head and it's like well the only thing that could fix this would be Chuck coming through the door and that's exactly what happens so so good oh man this was a great show Elizabeth I'm glad you got us to watch it Oh, thank you. I knew knew you would like it. Did you though? I (laughs) I thought you might not because I'm like this isn't really his speed but I like, I knew you would love the ants, I should say. I knew you would love the ants. Yeah. Ellen Green, <laughs> if you're listening to this, like, I'm ready, you know? Because I was like, <laughs> he's going to love the ants. We already love Lee Pace. Like, what's not to love? We love Kristen Chenoweth. Which, by the way, Lee Pace did great in this show. He's I, amazing. I he really could do, like, more stuff like this. I would love to see it. I know. He, like, he's such a good actor. And I wish he had been nominated for the second season, too, because I feel like he would have won. <laughs> and, like, I feel like they got a lot of like, oh, we're never going to have a chance to award you again. So, like, here are the awards. Well, yeah, Kristen Chenoweth. I mean, she really if anyone has ever said Kristen Chenoweth can't act, you're wrong because she based she carried the show. She did really, really she- well acts her butt off in this show (laughs) and it's amazing i just like it i I was so excited to watch it again because i hadn't watched it in years and i like come back and it's just like it's like nostalgia but then also things that like as an adult i didn't understand and then especially after reading like oh this is about our online relationships (laughs) their whole like ned and chuck's relationship i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) like It's so much more than that, though. It's like Aunt Lily and Aunt Vivian, they saw that they just need to get up off the couch and just take control of their lives and do the things that they love and chase your passions. I honestly have to say, like, if you have felt just not in control of your life this past two years, watch this. You'll feel better. It's heartwarming. It literally, from the beginning to end, it's pretty heartwarming. There's very minimal drama. Very minimal drama. You connect with the characters. It's fun. It's fun. That's what a lot of shows lack, I feel like. Especially now in the days of like Game of Thrones and Euphoria, where it's like very serious. And then I'm I like, knew you're gonna say Euphoria. <laughs> I just want to have some fun. Like I, I haven't seen very much of Euphoria because I just I it's great. I, I'm just I have trouble. <laughs> I'm like, this is a lot. I I have the new season just came out and I it's still just kind of waiting for me to watch because I'm like, I'm just not ready. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, I need light fluffiness, like pushing daisies. We need synchronized swimming and pies, pie makers (laughs) and narration for our lives by Jim Dale. (laughs) Like... All right, Elizabeth. Well, the best way to end this episode is by playing one of our favorite games. Are you ready to play? The one costume to rule them all. 
Elizabeth, why don't you go first this week? I will, Spencer. <laughs> My choice for one costume to rule them all is Olive and Ned's comfort food competition costumes. That's a good one. It's like peak what this show is about. It's about pies and having fun and looking great. And that's what these represent. They're so good. I mean, I would do anything for a pie hat. Where can I? I guess I could just make one, but it's just so, so good. I totally feel you. Next Halloween group costume. (laughs) It's that. (laughs) I'm there. Um, And I'll be Kristen Chenoweth. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) My pick for one costume rule them all was actually difficult. I did not decide on it until about 10 minutes ago, but I have to go with aunt Lily and aunt Vivian's final synchronized swimming costumes. It just was like such a moment. I was just so happy to see them like just feel liberated doing what they love again. You could just tell on their expressions that they were just so happy. And I can't help but feeling like the actresses knew like this was the end and they enjoyed this moment. You know, like there was just so much to this scene and these costumes, they were just beautiful. And it's just like the design of them are actually like really beautiful too. They feel very like high fashion, which is kind of different than what we've seen on the show, which is so very campy all the time. Yeah. These felt like very like fashion-y. So I, I loved it. Those are my favorite costumes. I agree. That is a great like culmination to their story are these swimsuits. But Spencer, it's not up to us. It's up to you guys, the audience. Check out our Instagram and vote for which design you think is the one costume to rule them all. Spencer. Elizabeth. It's been an episode. It's been an episode. (laughs) But are you ready for next week's episode? I'm so excited. What is our next fairy tale romance movie? Our next fairy tale romance romance is one you are all going to be familiar with. Next week, we are watching Enchanted. Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorites. I love this movie. Costumes by the absolutely brilliant Mona May. Brilliant, brilliant Mona May. I am so excited to talk about it. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star text review. Share us with a friend if you really loved us. We can't wait for you to join us again next week. Have a have a great week, everybody. Yeah. Enjoy some pie. I'm gonna go play the Sims right now. I think I I think I have some loose ends to tie up with my Sims. Maybe this is the end. Yeah. I think you do too. I think I need to go destroy some worlds as well. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I'm gonna go do now. <laughs> have a good week. Have a good week, everybody. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore or you can head over to patreon.com slash theartofcostume for some bonus content. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design.
recording? Recording. Recording. It's like a Daniel Hello. sound. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. <laughs> Maybe bring it down a little bit. <laughs> Hello. Anybody out there? <laughs> uh, okay. 